Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell and as always I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse Pam McMillan. How are you today? I'm good, Pam. How are you? I'm good. You know, oftentimes I hear you tell people, um, you don't need to know about the center until you need to know about the center. That's very true. I think our topic today is kind of that way. You know, sometimes we hear counseling and we don't need, don't know that we need it until we need it. Well, right? and I know that this is an area that, that you work closely with, with our, our uh, counselor that we're going to speak with in a second, but also with our, our survivors and listening to them and walking them through their cancer journey. And sometimes you have to have that hard discussion of, have you ever thought about talking to a counselor? Right. And it's hard. It's hard to, um, you know, they have a fear of going to counseling Mm -hmm. because we all have this picture in our mind of what counseling looks like. That's right. Yeah. Or how it should go. So hopefully we'll learn a whole lot today. That's right. So nobody turn off at this point. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we've not scared anybody off Mm because this is going to be painless this is going to be, we're going to really debunk all the myths. We're going to kind of break it down and talk about what counseling is, mm-hmm. what counseling isn't, and how it helps, right? That's right. Yeah. So, of course, we we have um, a wonderful counselor that we work with here at the center. We actually work with a couple of them, but we're lucky to have one more than the other. Uh, we're super <laughs> excited to uh, bring back um, to the podcast um, Tiffany Lahr. And, it, you know, it's one of those things, Tiffany, that uh, you came and spoke about um, early on. We talked about art therapy and we've got a lot. You do a lot of things at the center, but one of the main things you really do is focus on counseling. So let's tell our listeners about what you about you, your certification, mm-hmm. and then let's dive right in. OK, well, um, again, my name is Tiffany Lahr. I'm a licensed professional counselor and a board-certified music therapist. Um, I've been licensed in counseling since... I shouldn't have thought... I should have thought about that before (laughs) I came in today. Uh, Long enough. Yeah, long enough, and it requires a graduate degree. I graduated from WT with my graduate degree in counseling in 2010, so I do remember that. And then there's a licensure period after that, you know, this 3,000-hour internship and stuff that we have to do. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of hours, yeah. Before you can even begin doing what you're doing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I'd had a touch of that, getting my music therapy license, which um, I did after my bachelor degree and that was another thousand hour internship and testing and all of the things and keeping up with CEUs for both and all that fun Thou- stuff. Thousand hours, she yes. just said. Twice. That's a lot. Twice. No, it's three, three thousand the second time. So four thousand oh. for both of them. That's a lot of <laughs> yes, hours. I lost a lot of track. hours. <laughs> you know what that that reminds me like um she's an expert. Well, we're never an expert compared compared to myself, Pam. She's an expert. She is an expert. Yes. So walk us through, if you will, Tiffany, you know, as Pam talked about in in the beginning, you may think, you know, what counseling looks like and maybe, maybe it's because of, and I'm probably going to date myself, but it's because of like Frasier on TV, (laughs) right? It's, we don't have a chase lounge here, do we? No, no. We don't. And and the (laughs) lights. legal paper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the lights don't dim. We keep it at a regular uh, light and, uh, and so forth. But yeah, let's talk about that because I know that's a challenge. Oh yeah. Well, and I think, you know, people in general, when they think, 
about counseling, um, they don't always know the difference between that and psychiatry, like what you're referring to with Frazier. As I was, yeah. yes, you're so, right. And, and often t- people will go to a psychiatrist, and, and psychiatrists really don't do a whole lot of talk therapy anymore, and they do rely more on counselors and social work, clinical social workers and stuff to do that side. Psychiatrists are often overloaded with, di- with diagnosing and giving prescriptions. And that is not something that you counselors don't. do. I do not write prescriptions. So there's so there's a myth right there. There's there a big one right there. <laughs> so everybody can rest assured Tiffany does not prescribe medicine. No. But I can refer to take. one no. more pill. Just I one can more. refer someone to a psychiatrist or back to their general physician if we feel like that is sure. reasonable. Sure. I mean, that is part of my training, um, psychopharmacology to understand that and be able to identify the needs to make those referrals. So. Perfect. So there is that option. Should it be necessary? Yes. Okay. Yes. All yeah. right. So, so that's one. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, so, um, you know, sometimes I think as Pam said, it's hard to think I need help. Sure. Sure. And I know sometimes I struggle with, I'm a man, right? So, as my wife would probably attest to, sometimes you don't ask for help, right? You don't ask for directions. You don't read the manual. Right, we, right. we don't do that. But asking for help is hard. Well, yeah, because we view it as a weakness. And especially in our culture, especially in this part of the country, you know, when you have a problem, you're just supposed to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and go on. That's right. Stuff mm-hmm. it, stuff it, stuff it, because that makes it go away, Don't right? Bring it oh, up again. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's unfortunately not a reality for people. You can't just stuff your problems and expect them to go away just yeah. by avoiding them. And so that's what I would try to tell people to explain is that, you know, we all at some point in our lives encounter maybe major life transitions or tragedy or, you know, just problems, difficult situations that we could definitely benefit from talking to somebody. Does that mean that there's something wrong with our brain or wrong with our head? No, not necessarily. You're not crazy. No, you're not crazy. And Mm -hmm. I think that is the first thing that people feel relieved to hear when they come to counseling is that counseling is for normal people, quote unquote, normal, whatever. Whatever Counseling is for people who, you know, I think I had a professor one time that said, the unhappy well. Counseling is for the unhappy well. So people mm. that are sound in mind, but just have junk, just have garbage, you don't, know, that they're don't dealing we with. we all have a lot of that? Oh, yeah. Especially well, right now. Well, and <laughs> yes. And, and think about our cancer survivors. I mean, you guys listening, mm-hmm. think about your junk. Think about your mm-hmm. things that you've had to deal with and work through and maybe grieve, you know? Oh, absolutely. We've, we've talked a lot of things about and that. And I feel like sometimes they don't have that safe person to talk to. You're right, um, right. You know, they don't want to burden the caregivers. They mm-hmm. don't want to burden their family, and so... Well, and sometimes the caregivers and the family just want to make them feel better about the situation. And, oh, everything's going to be okay because they feel like they have to be strong. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they need somebody to tell them, you don't have to be strong. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's mm-hmm. okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel traumatized in some situations, you know, over this. And and working through that with a non-biased party, you know, somebody that it's in a totally confidential setting to where maybe they can vent about their caregiver or vent sure. about their doctor and know that that's never going to leave the walls of the room is extremely valuable. 
you know, that that brings up a really good point because I remember distinctly, again, I remind people I'm non-clinical, right? I always bring that up sometimes, but it's like, okay, so I remember, Pam, that one of the early on discussions uh, after you came to work here and I was like, how, how are things in your treatment summary and care plan meetings? How are they going? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, you're, you're not going to tell me, well, I talked to so-and-so, I talked to, you're, you're a safe person. Right. That's one of the things we just talked about, you know, yeah. that Tiffany brought up. But I remember you saying, it, more than anything, you feel like it's, you know, you're validating it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And, the way and you're feeling. The way you're feeling is normal. Mm-hmm. The way you're feeling mm-hmm. is okay. And now I'm seeing this tr- this kind of parallel here yeah. with, a, with another safe person, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned, Tiffany, the, the confidentiality. Yeah. Absolutely. And the parallel of saying, it's okay. Let's yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 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 Because we don't have control over what happens in our lives. Right. We don't have control over whether or not we're going to have a cancer diagnosis or have a loved one who ends up with a cancer diagnosis. Right. But what we do have control over is how we think about those situations. And sometimes we don't always feel in control of that. And it's through counseling that they're able to identify maladaptive thinking patterns and things that we can point out and work on to change the way they think, feel, and behave with regard to their issues. And I would say a good 90% of the people that I see don't come to counseling just to talk about their cancer. Usually that, the trauma of the diagnosis or whatever the situation is, trudges up a lot of other junk that plays into how they think about that situation. Right. Kind of like that splinter, it's festered, it's festered, it's festered, and then here it is. Yeah, yeah, and it just got ripped open (laughs) by 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 the diagnosis. diagnosis. So is there a good time to come to counseling? Anytime. Anytime. And and so some people ask, you know, um, how can we identify that help is needed? Mm -hmm. Um, There is a great resource I have found. It's um, called SeizeTheAwkward.com and it, and it helps people. It just gives some good questions um, that you can ask yourself about your, about yourself or about a friend or a loved one that, you know, what might be a good, a, a good way to identify if somebody needs help. And I always just personally, my thought is if whatever the problem is, is starting to affect a person's ability to function in a daily activity, be that with their relationships with their family members, going, you know, behaviors in school if they're children or if it's affecting their ability to function and think at work. You know, so when it start the problem starts to creep into our daily world, then maybe that's a really good time to to address it. It's never too late either. Right. So So anytime and never too late. Yeah, that's that's in a nutshell. That's yeah, or when, even just anticipation of ooh, I know that this I'm going may going to be start affecting the way that I am able to focus at work or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, well, and that brings up a good point. I'm going. I'm finished with my treatment. Mm-hmm. I'm now going back to work, and I'm struggling with X, Y, Z, and it's affecting my work because yes. of my maybe my. Um, adaptations I'm having to have done or mm-hmm. things like that. Sure. Yeah. Or affecting their relationship with their coworkers or, you know, there's a, a lot of it's interwoven problems that can come out of coping with cancer diagnosis. Oh, I'm so much more exhausted now and I feel like I have to sleep all the time. Well, mm-hmm. is it depression or is it effects of chemo or right. is it because their body's trying to heal itself? You know, there's a lot of different things there sure. that can be looked at. So let's talk about Pam, you know, when, when someone comes and visits with you and you kind of suggest maybe this might be something to think about. I think the first thing they think, well, 
I'm weak. I'm if well, I that's where go I was to going. What, what is the response been? Um, I'm weak. I'm 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 better than that. And I always tell them it doesn't hurt to talk to somebody right that is professional, non-biased, a good sounding board because yeah. it can help you. Well, yeah. And there's healing and telling our stories. Mm-hmm. People oh, need so to powerful. tell their stories, their stories. of, And that's usually the first thing that I cover with a client is tell me the story about your diagnosis. How did you find out? And that we just uncover so much with that. It gives me chills just to talk about it and say this out loud, because every time I'm affected by every story that I hear, this is one of those great jobs that never gets mundane. <laughs> and no two stories are alike. No two stories are alike. Oh, no. And there are some commonalities, which, um, you know, sometimes um, their be- ability to connect with other survivors. Well, sometimes, most of the time, I am recommending we need to get you plugged into some of the other groups and programs that we have going on at the survivorship center, because being able to connect with someone else that gets it because they're walking in similar shoes is amazingly powerful. Um, but they just, because mainly people just want to know that, like you said, they're not crazy for feeling the way that they're feeling that mm-hmm. it's normal. And sometimes when I can say, Oh yeah, there's a lot of other survivors that I have talked to that have experienced that. It's just like, you see this weight lifted off of their shoulders of like, Oh, okay. This is this is an okay way to feel about this, right. or to look at yeah. this situation. And so then from then it's like, oh, okay. Well, I want to talk to other people that are like this. And then the the benefit is twofold. They get to go exercise, which helps the mental health too. You know, and that's right. something I build into the treatment sure. plan. Everything well, that we do helps. Yes, everything there, that we do ties together to help the whole person. There right. is a reason to what we do, right, yes. Pam? We <laughs> talk right. about that all the time. It's like we didn't just pull this out of the air and go. Right. What if we have counseling? Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a fun thing to have. Or what if what if we do this? Well, and you know, you go back to um, safe space and yeah. you go back to um, commonalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this place, I've heard someone say before, this is kind of my safe place. I enjoy yeah. being here with people who are common and been through and I, mm-hmm. I can relate to. And so that's awesome that, that you encourage them to getting involved. Yeah. And so if you're listening... You know, that's one of the things is encouragement. There's going to be an overwhelming amount of encouragement because we want you to be involved in stuff. Well, and it's not just that. I mean, research supports that one of the best ways to ward off depression and depressive thinking is exercise, physical exercise and connecting socially. And Mm -hmm. so being able to connect, making those social connections in safe places, double benefit right there, you know, with with other survivors is just, I mean, I I can't tell you how beneficial that is for them. And it's usually why it's part of a treatment plan that we follow in counseling. So what if someone is listening and thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got a lot of junk Mm -hmm. that I need to To unpack? (laughs) How do they change their mindset of? I don't want to feel weak. I don't want to feel like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. How did? How do you suggest them making that first step in contacting you? Well, I mean, it's just got to put your ego aside. Just doing it. You just got to put your ego aside. I mean, it's through we're talking about the power of telling our stories. It's through telling our stories that we can uncover why we think the thoughts that we have and why we react the way that we do in situations. But we don't often sit back and reflect. I mean, it, it's hard to do that on your own to sit back. It's why just do my I story. Think this? Yeah, well, because or I use an analogy, and anybody who I've talked to in the past that's been one of my clients has probably heard this analogy. But we, um, 
I talk about a dog that runs a circle in your backyard. What happens? You know, because it's typical for a dog to do that. Yep. You, mm-hmm. They run the circle, the same circle, over and over and over. Well, eventually the grass qu- quits growing in that area. And eventually mm-hmm. it maybe starts to dig a little ditch. Well, our brains kind of work the same way. We have automatic thoughts and automatic ways of thinking that mm-hmm. um, have developed these thick neural pathways that just come automatically. We don't often even realize that that's what's happening in our brain. And until we jump in the path of that dog... And start to create a new path. And it takes a lot of practice, a lot of repetition. And somebody, sometimes this unbiased party pointing out saying, oh, here you go again. You're falling back into that way of thinking mm-hmm. to, to help retrain that dog to run a different way. Mm-hmm. To, to make a new neuropathway, basically. Yeah. Right. So again, going with there's never a bad time, never a wrong no, time. because we've all got... Uh, <laughs> faulty ways of thinking, you might say, <laughs> yes. that we don't even realize. Now, now you you mentioned um, treatment plan. You mentioned mm-hmm. that a couple mm-hmm. of different times, yes. and I I, I want to go back to that if we can, sure. Because I, I you know our listeners they know those words, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they've got a <laughs> massive treatment plan, and here's what it's going to be, and mm-hmm. they have very z- little to none control over that treatment right. plan. Right. So let's talk about what a treatment plan might look like in your world when one of our folks comes and visits with you? Well, so one of the first questions I ask people in the first session is, what do you want to get out of this? How do you want to be a better version of yourself? What's going to help you get there? And sometimes they don't know right away. Sometimes they need time to think about that. And that's a homework assignment that I give. And I give lots of homework assignments because I don't believe that it, the magic happens in the session always. You know, right. because if that were the case, then... I'd be a magician and maybe a millionaire, you know, <laughs> but the, it's the work that's put in between the sessions of taking the things that we discuss and putting it to practice. So um, sometimes that is the homework assignment. What is it that you want to get out of this? How do you want to be a better version of yourself? And it's through that that I can that I can look at that and put it in counseling, mental health terms or whatever of, OK, this person wants to increase their motivation. Okay. So what are some ways that we can go about increasing motivation? And so then I develop, you know, goals and objectives based on what it is that they hope to get out of that. And the good news is the treatment plan is flexible. It's a document that basically keeps me on track to make sure we're still working towards the things that they want. And, but if they, we've either achieved some of those objectives or some things in their life have changed, it's a fluid document. We can change it. We can, you know, and it goes that. nowhere. Yeah. And it goes, it goes nowhere. nowhere. It's, I mean, it's like I said, it's totally confidential document. It's there for me to keep me on track and make sure that I'm helping the people do what they need. Now, do I often influence sometimes, you know, okay, well, I feel like this is an issue for you. Maybe this would be something that we could work on as well. And they've got the power to say yay or nay, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and we can include that or not. So with this treatment um, plan, how long do they have to continue coming? Is it a lifelong thing? No, no. I I shoot for six to eight sessions, but there is no cookie cutter approach. Mm-hmm. And I think that often comes from this idea that, um, well, with insurance companies, for example, mm-hmm. you know, often insurance companies will only pay for X amount a of limit. sessions. Put yes. a limit on there. Yeah, put a limit on there. Um, you know, I can't always project 
Um, and a lot of times we can achieve those goals and get them in a better place in six to eight sessions. Sometimes it takes 12, sometimes depending on if the situation changed, maybe they have a recurrence of their cancer or maybe someone in their family dies or, you know, they have different issues come up that could extend it. Um, but, and I would say over this last year, just with the other issues that people have been dealing with, with social isolation and fear and yeah. other compounding factors, we have, I have been seeing my clients a lot more yeah. and more frequently. So, um, but there's no time limit on it, at least not here. There's right, not, right. we're not trapped into any cookie cutter filing with insurances, anything like that. Don't you love that? Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I, you know, what Tiffany's referring to for, if you're new to the podcast or you're new to the center, um, and I don't know that we've quite said it yet, Pam, everything is what? Free. Free. 100% free. Yeah. I remember, Tiffany, when we first started talking about having counseling and it was like, I don't want to get involved in saying, hey, let's kind of limit this person or let's limit right, that person right. and here's what we'll do. And, you know, there there are things where we where we do put limits on things like class mm-hmm. sizes and so forth. But this is definitely one of those areas that it's like going to leave it to the professional right. and let them determine, let Tiffany determine mm-hmm. how long do you need to see Tiffany? That's yeah. what we let Tiffany right. decide. Yeah. And we just, well, and the client as well, they exactly. definitely have a role in that. And when we get to a point where maybe we think everything is good, I will usually ask the client, okay, well, how about we do a once a month check-in and then maybe we can go to as needed after that. Mm-hmm. The Clinical term is termination. Ugh, it's just such a negative. Ooh, I hate that term. <laughs> and so, um, but I always tell people just because we terminate counseling services for this time doesn't mean it's an end all be all forever. You right. can't call me and say, oh, this happened in my life and I, I really need, need a session with you. Yes. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, and the other thing too, you talked about insurances. Mm. <laughs> and I know there's all kinds of issues with that. Yes. But. What is one of the big things that when you talk about like going to a counselor where they do file insurance and mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff, there's some specific things yeah, that happen yeah. there, right? That, that don't happen here. Right. Because of just like going to a doctor's office, they have to code things a certain way when they file it with the insurance company. Same, same for therapists, counselors. Um, we have to make a diagnosis that has to be coded. And because I just said, I, you know, and I don't want to contradict myself that counseling is for the unhappy well so, I mean, you don't have to have a diagnosable disorder to benefit from counseling. And so because we don't file the insurance here, I don't have to make a formal diagnosis. Now, can someone present with depressive features or symptoms and we can address those? Absolutely. But do I have to give them a label of clinical depression? No. And that is often what prevents a lot of people is that they don't want to be labeled. They don't want to have that label follow them. They have fear that their employers who cover their insurance may then Mm -hmm. know that Mm -hmm. they've now got this label and they're going to be less capable of being able to do their work. And so then they're afraid. Well, they already have a label of a cancer survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has been traumatic enough. Right. Yes, yes. Wow, yeah. And, you know, that's the point I wanted to make was – the, the flexibility that you have yes. to just focus on the person in front of you. Yeah. And let's get them better. Doesn't matter what, call it what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want, whatever it is, but you're focused on that person right there in front of you. Doesn't matter about price, doesn't matter about labels, mm-hmm. doesn't matter about a diagnosis. I want to get you better. 
Yeah. End of story. And I don't make them better. They make themselves right. better. Right. Well, I, I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to help you yes. through this process. Yeah. 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 That's we're, we're so lucky. We're very, 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 very fortunate that we have that. Ability. Yes. Well, what else might someone encounter or or do? You talk about homework. Okay. Let's okay. talk about that because we give homework, right, Pam? But our homework every week. Every week. But our homework <laughs> is sharing our podcast, and mm-hmm. it's real simple. Yeah. <laughs> is, is yours hard? Is it like I got to stress mm-hmm. about it? I got to worry. It depends on the person, and it because sometimes we have to look at the not so pretty things at their life. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's journaling because there's a lot of power in that getting words out of your head that you can't control or sometimes writing messages of self-affirmation to themselves. Um, we do that in art group as well, but, um, the, a lot of times if people have trouble going to sleep, I will encourage them to keep a notepad by their bed. You know, okay. When you wake up in the middle of the night and these things are floating around in your head, get them out of your head, put them on the paper. They'll be waiting for you there in the morning. And just sometimes simply doing things like that can be something they can do at home or journaling about a situation will help them gain these insights that they didn't know were there. And then they bring that to the session we discuss. Sometimes I have them write letters, write letters to their cancer, write letters that they don't intend to send, you know, maybe to get some garbage out, some angry things out to, to people that have made them <laughs> angry. Yeah. Um, or sometimes even writing letters to people that have died. Yeah. Things, oh, yes. Saying the things that they didn't get to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard stuff. Yeah, hard stuff. So it can be hard stuff, but then it can be fun stuff too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my homework is... Go see Melanie. Get a massage. It's Ooh. time for some self care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you need. To, here's her phone number. You need to make an appointment with her. Or, um, what are some other tools of self care that you can do? Uh, make it. You know. Give give yourself a schedule of exercising this time. Any how many times a week? Um, what are something else you can do for yourself? I always encourage people to find a creative means of expression. Um, for some people, it's writing. For some people, it's crochet or painting or whatever or making music singing in their church but finding a a way to be creative I just feel like as humans we all have this innate need and sometimes it's hard to tap into that part of ourselves because it's been so long so even just flat out getting out a box of your grandkids crayons and coloring with Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. that repetitive hand motion involved in coloring is soothing and then just, you know, the act of doing that, especially if you're doing it with a grandchild or a child to be able to to have that moment of social connection. So it's, you know, yeah. multifaceted. So there the might be a little bit of, of homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when Ethan talked to us yes. about how he would write his thoughts down and mm-hmm. then file them away. And mm-hmm. whenever he had those thoughts again, he would go back to that filing cabinet. Yeah. Look it up. And That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Very, 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 very helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. It's cool. So can, is it just individual counseling? Yes. uh, Well, not just individual counseling, but mostly I see just individuals. I have seen couples in the Mm -hmm. past. I've seen child parent combos. Um, You know, just, it just depends on what the family needs. I will say, you know, often um, I think sometimes where a stigma around mental health comes, um, especially when it comes to families, is, you know, if there is a child with behaviors 
that are problematic, you know, then um, the family may want to send that child to counseling. Well, then that child develops the idea that I am the problem. And unfortunately, in a situation like that, it's usually not just the child that has the problems, even though the child may be the one exhibiting those behaviors. It's often a systems problem within the family system and everybody plays a role in how we interact with each other and maybe what are some behaviors parents are engaging in that could be causing that child to respond in the way they do and the patterns just like we have faulty patterns of thinking we fall into patterns of responding and reacting to each other that can often be problematic I yeah, can, you nod can, your head, yeah. I, I, I can totally see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I say I mean, we, I'm, I mean the collective we of all uh-huh. of us. I mean, I do in my own family. I mean, we all have things that we mm-hmm. have to look back at and sometimes have somebody thump us in the head and say, you've realized what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Right. You're a part of the problem, not the solution. And yeah. It needs to be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, and, you know, one of the other things, too, that um, I think maybe comes into play is – uh, time commitment. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got to go every week for six weeks. Or, yeah. Oh my gosh, I got to. It's going to be two hours. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be there mm-hmm. forever, and I can't do this. Yeah, and that is, and that is definitely a challenge because let's be real. Uh, most people that are at least in active treatment for cancer have already have a lot of doctor's appointments. They already have a lot of time yes. taken off of work and things, and so um, I typically, unless there is a, a situation that's more pressing. Typically only see clients every other week. I like that because it gives them time to do that homework. It gives them time to put in practice, into practice the things that we are discussing in session. Yeah. And um, sometimes, like I said, sometimes we go to once a month, you know, Sometimes sure. it's as yeah. needed. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's at once every three weeks. You know, we find a pattern that is most helpful. Um, and I will say now that we have had started offering telehealth because of the pandemic, um, that has created a ton more flexibility for folks because um, we have a session before they ever even leave their house. They don't have to take 30 minutes before their appointment and then have the 30 minutes to get back to their appointment yeah. from their appointment to go to work. Yeah. So it's literally just that one hour. So they'll either, you know, go to work an hour late, do that from home. Or we sometimes I've even had people, we have their sessions. I just request that they're in a place that is private protects their, protects their confidentiality, mm-hmm. you know, don't be around coworkers or whatever. So maybe go to your car. So yes. we've done that where I've had clients that go to their car and we have a session from their car via, yeah. <laughs> via yeah. the screen. I remember, so. I remember when we did that, when we, well, I see when we did that, when we went, when we, when mm-hmm. you went to mm-hmm. telehealth, yes. Um, because of the pandemic, when we closed down, mm-hmm. um, cause just as a back, a little sto- side story here, you see, clients here at the center yes so that there's not a, a stuffy office it's here at the center i don't know if we covered that but i want to make sure and get that out there yeah <laughs> but um in this case when we were closed because mm-hmm. of the st- shelter in place and and of course protecting our survivors by closing right, during right. the high moments of, of covid um i remember I, I called you and i said hey how is the telehealth going because you and i had long discussions about how to make it work and how can yes, it be safe yes. and how is it protected and is it encrypted and yeah all, all of these, those things <laughs> all these things that from administrative side we kind of go oh my goodness and uh you were like it's wonderful and i'm like 
tell me, like, how is it working? And you're like, yeah. well, it's so cool because I'm able to reach people who live in French or live in, yes, yes. And these smaller communities around that, you know, another appointment, because often I, in the past, I would have try to schedule those appointments when they were here for other appointments. So it something. wasn't another trip, mm-hmm. but that you know, I know from experience of having gone to the oncologist with my grandfather, sometimes that's a whole day affair and it's exhausting for both of us. And you're done. And then, and yes. And then to add another appointment on top of that where you got to go ball your eyes out, maybe not always, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And it's just emotionally, mentally, physically yes. exhausting. And that just seems counterintuitive to what I'm trying to provide. Right. Right. Yeah. So, what we're talking about here is convenience. Yes. You know, maybe it's their lunch break and they yeah. are sitting in the car having their session yeah. with you over the phone. Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, it's very simple and easy to be done. Don't freak out about the word telehealth. It's not like you got to have a special device. It's not like you've got to have, right. you know, right. a special program or something. Mm-hmm. It is simple and easy and Tiffany and Mary Bell will walk you through it yes. and make it happen. I want to make sure everybody understands that yeah. as we're as we're breaking myths and stereotypes. Absolutely. Do not freak out about that word telehealth. Yeah. Yeah. It is very simple. Yeah, and very accessible. Accessible. So again, we're meeting you, the listener, we're meeting you where you are, much like we do with our classes, you know, where you are physically, where you are emotionally and in that situation is the same thing happening with counseling. We're right there with you making it simple and easy. Well, and not only that, I mean, being in their own environment, in their own home, I mean, it's a lot less threatening than going into a yet another office. And I, I mean, I know that our facility is, you know, a lot more welcoming and less sterile than like yes. a doctor's <laughs> office. Yes. But, but even still, you know, you have to walk through that door. You may see other people. You may, you know, another one of those things that sometimes prevents people from wanting to seek counseling yeah. is because they, um, you know, they're worried about who might see them. Right. Who's going to know? Yeah. So. Well, it brings up as we were talking about stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. And we and you just made me think of this. You know, it, it's not like um, you know we talk about Fraser, which I was totally wrong. He's a psychotherapist, <laughs> and, and you know, not a not, not a counselor. But you know, um, there's the movie Tin Cup. I don't know if you've seen the movie Tin Cup, and, it's been and a long time. some of these movies do a terrible job of depicting that. Because then I think of these things, or you think about mm-hmm. these things. You have the entrance door, and you have the exit door, and you only exit <laughs> through the exit door because you don't want to yeah. see the people in the holding room coming into right, the entrance right. room, and that's not it at all. No, that no. is not it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there benefits of going to counseling, one-on-one counseling, and then maybe something like our support group? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I think, again, support group is another one of those those items that always makes my treatment plan Mm -hmm. because I feel like the healing that happens between connecting with other people can that get it because they're walking in the same or similar shoes, that kind of healing can't be replicated in a counseling session. Right. Just being with others that just straight up get it. Yeah. So, yes, well, I always have that as part and, of and, and Pam, pain. I know that, you know, you've been, because uh, we stay, right, for our, our support group, and we've, we've attended or seen and listened and heard, and they share such a great commonality and bond yeah. that – you know, we can't, we can't fulfill. No, I mean, I haven't had cancer. Right. I've had plenty of family members that have, but I can't look a client in the eye and say, I know how you feel. I understand how you feel. I understand because I don't, I I don't, you know, I have a lot of other people's experiences to base understanding on, 
but I can't know how it feels. I have not walked in those shoes. Yeah. And, and just as we're breaking myths and stereotypes, our support group is not one where you come in and you're, you sit in the middle of the circle and everybody's, you know, hello, my name is, uh and I am a cancer survivor. Yeah. And they say, hi, Tiffany. They talk about cancer. They don't. A lot of times they don't. They they play, they do activities, they do games, Mm -hmm. they, they, Mm -hmm. Yeah, they watch videos. I know that they've had some videos, and and so yeah. While we're as a side note, again, I'm chasing a rabbit tail, but while well, while it ties into mental that, health. It I is. mean, it absolutely does. It does. So. It does. What else can you tell us, Tiffany, and our listeners about the importance of counseling? Okay. So that they understand that maybe okay, maybe I've got some junk, but no, no, it's important. You're talking about mental health. It's important for my mental health mm-hmm. to get some of that out. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I feel like. We, like I said, we've all got garbage. We've all got things that we could, we could unpack. And sometimes maybe it's not the garbage that is what we want to work on. Maybe it's our communication skills with other people. Um, there's so many things. And so maybe it's just organizing. What are some organizational skills? What can help me with my memory? You know, that's a common problem for people who've yes. undergone mm-hmm. chemo right. is the, is the chemo, brain. chemo brain. And so what are some techniques? So sometimes it's just having somebody else to connect with and someone to connect them to other to exercise other resources and the way i i look at this i i use another parallel like with the physical therapist if you have an injury you go to the physical therapist they kind of create a, a course of treatment for you you go in for multiple sessions you work on exercises to help strengthen you mm-hmm. also are given exercises to do at home That's right. in between mm-hmm to help improve, to help heal from an injury, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of look at counseling as the same way. Yeah. It's, it's um, another, it's, it's a really overlooked aspect. Yes. Mental health. Yes. You know, we, we, I think we've talked about this, Pam, you know, several times about things to say and not to say. And so we always just kind of go, Hey, how are you? Cause you feel like you've got to ask somebody something Mm -hmm. and and what's your natural response? Oh, Oh, I'm okay. I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, and I, yeah, I talk about how to respond to people too. I mean, that's another thing we often address in counseling. I always say, what's your three by five card answers? So basically giving everybody the idea they can either physically do it or just, you know, metaphorically, what, how are you going to respond to people when they say, oh, how are you doing? Or how, you know, because maybe they, the real answer is, (laughs) do you really want to (laughs) know? Or or do you want the canned answer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes because people just have these big hangups and they get real bitter and angry and resentful about having to say, oh, everything's fine. So just, you know, I tell them, well, maybe it's about the same as it was before. I mean, or um, it's okay. We're making progress or, you know, or Mm -hmm. it will be okay. That's right. And, And they have a choice to engage further or not, because sometimes people will then pry and people have the choice. And sometimes they just need to be given that permission to know that they have a choice to say, you know, I'm not really comfortable talking about that or here's not a good place for that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so many of these podcasts, Pam, um, talking about parallels Mm -hmm. are very parallel. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, she used one word and I immediately think back to, yes, (laughs) you know, uh, permission, so, communication. Permission. Oh yeah, communication. Not even going to talk about communication, but but yeah. you know, cancer can give you permission. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean that we've already had that discussion, you know, with, with uh, Mayor Ginger Nelson, which mm-hmm. was nice. So listen, if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, if you haven't, um, about um, the things that she used cancer, not used, that sounds bad, but cancer gave her permission to do certain yes, things. Right. And so in this case, for sure, cancer gives you the option. And really, we should probably all feel the, the permission to Absolutely. say, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing so good, but it's okay. You know, or whatever the case may be, rather than feel like you got to say, oh, I'm great. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, and gives them the permission, maybe to to seek counseling. Whatever it gives <laughs> yes. you the permission to do yes. to engage in a self care practice, which we should all be doing, anyways. True. Right. So very true, very true. Ron, how are you feeling about counseling? Uh, you know, <laughs> here's this is the truth, Pam, and it's going to sound really bad, but I feel like I've been in a session. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, no, and I don't mean that. I badly. don't even know what I a session, but I, I feel know. pretty good. I do too. And I don't mean that negatively. Yeah, I don't yeah. mean, I want that to be the truth, but I feel, I mean, you and I have talked on several occasions. Tiffany has this, um, soothing and calming and ease voice. You get her and Melanie in a room and you're better. You're going to feel I'm, super good. I might be asleep, <laughs> which is, you know, it, it, it's, it's it, with all seriousness, I think, um, I learned quite a bit, you know, in terms of, okay, yeah, maybe how to present counseling as an option or why this is helpful. Mm-hmm. But I think, and that's something I think that's incredibly important. Pam, I know you, you have creatively, um, had to do that several times of, you know, this is kind of what it looks like and this is how it is and so and forth. And it's okay. It's and it okay is. To, to talk to somebody else. And you're not locked in to no. anything. Right. Right. And I tell people the goal, my overall goal is to help you be a better version of yourself. Who doesn't want to be a better version of themselves? Right. That's right. Or who shouldn't want to be a better version? <laughs> well, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Pam, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I want to leave our listeners on a powerful moment. That's right. Um, we are sponsored by Pete's Car Smart Kia. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, do you have a Pete's powerful moment for us? Mm, I have several. And as we discussed before we started this podcast, you know, I can't due to confidentiality that I'm protecting of people. I don't want to give away too many details that someone might feel identified. Um, But I have seen on more than one occasion of somebody who comes to counseling angry at the world, angry that they have cancer, angry at everyone, annoyed with their family, and just um, frustrated, as they have every right to be with what they've encountered. And then see a after... You know, several sessions, see a complete transformation about how they view the world. I mean, and you can physically see it. Right. And I, I know that, um, talk about people being around when they come in, but, you know, Pam, you've been here. because You know, we've been here as long as each other, right? Right. And so you've seen the difference, the physical difference in people that they're, that's mm-hmm. being reflective of how they're feeling mentally and emotionally after they have worked through a lot of the garbage. I mean, I'm not even in those sessions. No, but, but you just you see them see passing yeah. by, you know? Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, and that just is a testament to, um, you know, I used to have a colleague that would say the only cure for the pain is the pain. And so you got to walk through it to get through it right. and to come out on the other side. And right. and we've seen that again and again. Countless people, times. Mm-hmm. Well, you know... I've you I've said this anytime I talk about the survivorship center and someone says, Oh, how is it? And, you know, what's going on? And da, da, da. and I, I tell them all the time, and, and you just you just reaffirmed it. 
we see life change yes. on a regular basis here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, life change may look different for each individual person, but right. we see it. We yeah. see it. We see them come in, you know, uh, unsteady, and they get into Susan's balance class, and they begin to feel more stable, right. and that's life change. Right. You see the life change as they're, you know, coming to, as as I have heard two different people refer to you as, that's my cancer counselor, oh. you know? <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, it, 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 it brings a huge smile to my face to know, to hear that and see that and, and to see life change. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, I don't know that it gets more powerful than that. Yeah, I agree. That's why I do this work. <laughs> yes. So we may need to add another title to... Uh, Tiffany, uh, oh cancer dear. counselor. Counsel. <laughs> right. And I mean, we kind of all get these titles around here. We do, don't we? I don't want to know what mine is. Or <laughs> that's, not, that's for another session. That's a whole yes. other session for sure. For sure. Tiffany, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Um, this has been a podcast that we've wanted to do for a while and, and have noticed that maybe it, it's necessary. And I think um, hopefully our listeners uh, have a greater understanding of um, the benefits of counseling, the benefits of just speaking about whatever it is they're going through and have been through and what it's not. And I think that's just as important to know as what it's not as it is what it is. Right, telling their story. Tiffany, how can they uh, get a hold of you? Well, um, they can contact our Mary Bell, you know, just call the the number for the Survivorship Center and she sends me that contact information and I um, send out the paperwork through whatever means we have it digital as well as on paper if, right. and however people are most comfortable and and then after i get that completed paperwork then we set up sessions well and that brings up a real quick thing just to ba- uh, break down another potential barrier all you need to do is say i need to speak to the counselor yep right that's it, it you don't have it, to give any details there is not the next question is not well what's going on no no, no because that's not that's that not, is that's not maribel's job place. yeah it's not, not my Mar- business no yeah i mean pam if you get a phone call and they say how do i get in touch with their counselor i say i need your phone number and your email address yep and, <laughs> and that is that and that is it that's there it. no nothing else is needed so that that's all you got to do you call the center and you say I, i'd like to speak to tiffany or i'd like to speak to your counselor mm-hmm. yep end of story and then from then on, Tiffany takes over. I take over. it from there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Super easy. Oh, I don't know. It can get any easier, right? <laughs> I don't have. I don't know that it can get any easier. I tell you though, Pam, um, I enjoy these episodes so much. I learn something in every episode. I do. Oh, I, I do too. I do too. And I, my hope is is that our listeners can say the exact same thing. I learned this. I learned that. Or they even share with their friends that may be going through something yes. hard. So. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 also just know that there are, you know, our counselor Tiffany, um, is, is focused on helping with cancer survivors. Mm-hmm. As we all know, there are counselors that do everything. So, mm-hmm. um, Tiffany, you know, is going to focus with our survivors. And again, this may be something that you can help your friends who you go, hey, I think this might be something that you need to listen to because I know you know, we both struggle in this area or something like mm-hmm. that. So just to throw that out there, you know, this is a great episode to share with maybe non-cancer survivors. That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Please, again, like we say all the time, hit the share button, hit the like button, subscribe, hit all those buttons, and then join us again next week for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.